tune up the band, and rally up your posse, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chin Wag Podcast. I'm Sam, here along with my partners Rudin and Dan, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Howdy chaps, I can't keep that up for two hours. Hi chaps, how you doing? What you know about that, partner? <laughs> I didn't know Cowboys it. came from New York. I didn't know it's... <laughs> Cowboys I mean, by way of Yonkers. <laughs> that would be interesting. New York would be a very, very different place if it was, if if it was part of the, part of the that fucking shit. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How are you I'm sorry. I'm I'm picturing an alternate history US where they started in the West and they made their way east. <laughs> the Oregon Trail, just backwards. The Jersey Trail. <laughs> the Jersey Trail. <laughs> oh, Maybe God. more people would die from dysentery. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, mm, that's a good question. Honestly. Dan, I, regret to, I regret to inform you that New Jersey does in fact exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's that time of the year again, fellas, where we're recording whilst it's incredibly warm. <laughs> How are you chaps once it, doing? Once again, the heat wave has come for us. And like an unforgiving eldritch beast, it will destroy our minds. It, it's so hot, and two out of three of us have hay fever really badly, so you're going to hear some sniffling. Yeah. And, and yet, we endure. <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's a whole thing, but as I maintain to people, yes, I know in the grand scale of the world, it is not that hot here. I've had my friends that live in Texas told me that it is not hot over here because we are on about 28 celsius just like 84 86 for our american listeners yeah um and they like to remind me of the fact that regularly houston is like 92 i don't care it's one of those things isn't it it, it hits differently over here and i maintain that because um, humidity level recently humidity. recently while on my travels um I was on the bus with some friends, and there were some Bra- some guys who were from Brazil came on, and they looked like they were dying. <laughs> and they said to me, and they said to me like, it, it just feels different here. Yep. And I like to I have to make the reminder: nothing here is designed for heat. It is designed yeah. to trap in heat. <laughs> there is no breeze. The concept of a breeze does not exist here. It see, here's the thing, right? You gotta you gotta know your places. Anyone anyone listening to this that knows that knows about uh, London Bridge by the Shard, the wind tunnel? Yeah. That ain't cold wind. That's just that's just oh, that's no, just a gust me, of it, heat going through. No, no. The... It's cool it's cooler. That's because it's about twenty mile an hour faster than anywhere else around it. <laughs> True. If you're wearing a hat, it might it might come off, but you know you live with it. You learn. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my my prayers go out to anyone who's been who has to get the London Underground um, at mm. any point during this. Yeah, trust me. I've 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 taken the. I think we've all taken the Underground in weather like this, whether it be for work or for just going out, and it's it it it's horrible. I did it yesterday, and I hated it. Why would you? I, I nah, nah, Dan, no, <laughs> Dan, no. There's a reason I work from home. Anyway, uh, 
<laughs> we give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely, lovely cowboys and cowgirls over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys, we are always on that dusty trail. And even when we ride out into the sunset, you know that we will always be pending and always will be. Kind of want a t-shirt now that's just us as silhouettes on on horseback riding into the sunset. <laughs> That'd be great. I want that. I want that. I mean, I still it still makes people uh, makes people like a gasp and like of like really surprised when I tell people where I used to live. Literally ten minutes down the road was a western setup town. A little gated community of people that built a western town within a like farmland, and that's where they shot the the gunman of the apocalypse episode of Red Dwarf was there at that cowboy town. I always like to remind people that there's, I don't even know how to describe it exactly. There's a certain demographic of older people in the UK that have a deep idolization for the American West. I blame John Wayne. I bl- I blame a lot of things on John Wayne. I I yeah no I mean yet yeah, same same. There's there's there's, there's just the, there's just this certain group of people that are kind of roughly in like the seventy plus demographic that just have this fascination with the old west, and I know that because my grandparents were one were some of them. Ah, <laughs> uh, what what, what? Yeah. I can't say much because I do have I do have a. I do have a a love for cowboy films. None of them, not no John Wayne films, for good for good reason. As public John, enemies, John Wayne, you'll burn for life. As, as thank you. As as public enemy once said, motherfuck him and John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. love public enemy. <laughs> Shad, public enemy. Before we get onto oh, our yeah. episode, all about the art of the cowboy in professional wrestling. It's time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. I had to do it. I had to do it. Wrestling news. Yeah, no, Um. I think the biggest thing we'll start off with is AW Collision. We have the first main event announced. Yeah, they they they're putting Punk in a match without no sort of like yeah. opening gambit promo. They're putting Punk in a multi-man tag match. I'm not mad at it. I would have preferred if it was just CM Punk versus Samoa Joe, but Me too, me too. Also, I'm kind of glad in the fact that it isn't a half hour spiel because I don't think that's the strongest opening for the debut edition of your brand new show. <laughs> Maybe I mean, that's just me, though. Mind you, this isn't Triple H. Triple H probably would have campaigned to have a twenty-minute opening of him just talking. No, he 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 would. But as as I'm slowly realizing, like the 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 potential booking that we could be getting for Collision, mm-hmm. and even for even for Rampage, is steadily improving over Dynamite. <laughs> It really is. I don't know what's going over on with Tony with Dynamite, but it's getting it's getting weird. <laughs> weird is weird is a word. It's definitely a word. <laughs> Maybe we'll well we'll see. We'll come come collision, which is 
next week. Fucking hell, collisions yeah. next week, fellas. Oh god. On the day that on the day that we usually do these bloody recordings as well. <laughs> yes. Bloody hell. Um, that's come around quick. That's all I'm saying. It has. But I'm excited. I mean, Forbidden Doors looking quite promising as well. Um, what with the announcement of uh, of the couple of matches that have been formally announced. Uh, one of them, of course, being the second encounter of Omega and, and Osprey. Yeah, yeah, it's that's what it is. Um, <laughs> and of course, what was the other one? Um, I'm trying to figure out what the other one was. Um, what was the other one? The other one was oh, Brian Danielson versus Okada. Yes. Of which I mean, obviously, generational booking pick. I mean, it makes it makes the most sense if you've got both of them there and they're available. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm 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 here for it. I mean, Okada's been on a tear, uh, becoming the uh, becoming the wrestler that seminally beats up young lions. So. Oh, he's in the fuck them kids era of his career. Yeah. He, he's 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 reaching his intended path in the in the chain of Purisu. I'm looking forward to the eventual, of course, the eventual uh, encounter when it com- when it comes to Okada's encounter with uh, the wa- uh, with the with the man who's been kind of the uh, the 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 thorn in his side ever since he ended up making that appearance and kicking him in the head with Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, yeah, the Kaito the Kaito match will go will go heavy. Looking forward to actually talking of G One that was formally announced. It's looking very, it's looking very interesting with who's who's in there. Um, yeah. Notable names, including of course Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, we've got Yota Suji in there making his first appearance. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, <clears throat> Ren Narita there as well. Shooter, of course, your usual suspects: Okada, Sonada, Tanahashi, Ishii, Goto, Toriyano, Zack Saber Jr. But it gives me great pleasure to say that Eddie Kingston is making his very first appearance in the G1 Climax. <laughs> and what a win for the dude, honestly. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's shaping up to be a, um, a pretty strong field. Obviously, um, we're also coming off the back of the, the New Japan, all, New Japan, All Japan, Noah, All Together Now show. Yes. Which was quite fun. I did like the uh, the thing of Okada just not acknowledging. Um, I think it was was, was it Ayoyagi. Yes. Yeah, just being like, I, I don't fucking know who this guy is. <laughs> um, that was quite good. And then in 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 the match, just Ayoyagi just slapping the shit out of him. Yes, and wrestling heritage, and slapping the shit out of Kaito as well. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. it altogether again was um was 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 a really really fun show that had no right to be as fun as it was but it but it definitely but it definitely lived up to it and I was very very pleased to 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 see that honestly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um I know uh, the only other thing I know out of um New Japan was that uh, Kosei Fujita has now joined TMDK. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah, Yotsuji joined Lij. Yep. Because he just joined TMDK, and someone else joined a faction. But I can't remember who. 
I want to say it was probably someone joining Bullet Club or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I'll, I'll say is the current incarnation of TMDK actually looks kind of stacked. We've got, we've got Mikey yeah. Nichols and Shane Haste, of course. But then there's Bad Dude Tito, Zack Sabre Jr., Robbie Eagles, and Kosei Fujita. I'm sorry, that's, I'm that's kind of based for a team. That good as hell. Um, but yeah, I mean, apart from that, really, it was just not much, not much really kind of grabbed me this week in terms of other stuff going on in the world of wrestling. Not really. I mean, like, obviously we have, uh, we have the run up to Forbidden Door. Which, again, um, only two matches announced is a bit, when we're, so, when we're very close to it now, it's June 25th, I believe, is Forbidden well, I think, Door, isn't I think it? the thing is, though, is I think everyone should unsure about where where the fuck we're gonna be with everything considering because, as like, well i don't i don't know what they're what they're going for when you consider as well that just recently or as, as of kind of today's recording it got announced that Roosh had just left triple a which now means he's open to working at forbidden door now which i have to say that story is unfathomably hilarious not least because he did it from his own personal facebook page yeah I love that. <laughs> you got all I'm saying is you got to love the lucha industry. I'm just saying <laughs> the po- the possibility that Roosh left so he could work Forbidden Door and get his dad a job are just unreal. God God speed you El Toro Blanco. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> God speed Lucha Libre. <laughs> Um, but we do know one thing. We do know for certain is that the second Owen Hart Cup, uh, the ma- like tournament matches will be taking place at Forbidden Door, which only for me can naturally assume that we're going to get some New Japan people in the tournament. Which it makes sense to do that, honestly. I assume. I assume so. One thing I assume I will... there'll be. I assume we'll have junior heavies. Yes. One thing I will say, and I keep saying this, is that what I said the first incarnation of the tournament and it should have been what it was but i hope they learned their lesson for the second one this should be a tournament that showcases the junior heavyweights and the technical masters of professional wrestling because it's owen hart for crying out loud he's the screw you you get jeff hardy (laughs) ah Fuck's sake. <laughs> it's not saying that I'm not angry that Adam Cole and Britt Baker won the thing, but you could. No, but it just, it just seems like a weird imposition when you set this when you set it with the Owen Hart Memorial. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh well. But hey, it's everything's shaping up quite well. Like for AEW especially. Like heading to all in, everything looks quite promising, which is nice to hear, considering you know the the, the bit of the climactic year that they've had so far. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to WWE, and guess what we have, Reardon? What is it? We have a second piss belt. Oh, goody gumdrop! This time it has a white strap. It's the women's championship. Oh boy! It's also, just... there, also there's some Gonzo shit happening with the women's tag titles, where they're getting reunified with the NXT women's tag titles, but they were already NXT valid when they started in the first place. So he basically just spent a year doing nothing. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. This is... Alright. Also, it worries me greatly that we've got a new championship for Asuka, and who should come out but fucking Charlotte Flair? We're playing the hits, baby! <laughs> oh my god, oh, no. don't do this. Those... <laughs> Those who do I not learn she... from history are doomed to repeat it. I thought that they were. I thought that Charlotte was taking like a long rest. Oh. Wasn't that the thing? Yeah, I thought. I, I think everyone was under that impression, but ah uh, no, Vince is running the show again. Oh, goody, goody, goody. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I wish I could be more. I wish I could be more optimistic, but you know. <laughs> It's just I one mean, of those basically, things. Basically, the summary of it is, uh, we can't have we can't have Charlotte without a title involved. Oh god damn it! Which basically means again, Charlotte's never beating the good without a title allegations. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're, you're right, and yeah, that that just sucks, man. <laughs> I wish they could just see what we all see in Oscar. Like it, it's it's kind of at this point it's just it's 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 kind of annoying at this point now. That it they is can't... crazy that Sasha, Sasha Bailey, Bianca, and Oscar have all been able to do it, and yet Charlotte Flair can't. Yeah, no, you're right, and this again. I guess it's another thing. It's like we're not ragging on Charlotte Flair as as a performer. Um, not at all. She's really good. She is good. It's just oh, it's it's fucking Vince, man. It really, it really is fucking Vince. Yeah. Bloody snake oil salesman. Uh, I mean, that's what he looks like now. He does. Apparently he still hasn't got rid of the moustache. I'm sorry for everyone around him then. So I was going to say, I wonder if he'll shave it off if the Endeavour deal doesn't go through at the end of the year. I have no idea, but it would it would fit. I don't enjoy him looking eerily similar to Mr. House from Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> it feels too on the nose. Or Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. Again, far too on the nose. <laughs> you could tell me that Vince McMahon reads, reads Ayn Rand and I would believe you. Oh, I believe that. Oh, God. Includes, it includes the preconception that Vince McMahon actually reads. Oh, God. And I don't know. I don't know about that prospect either. No, no, I, I, I don't like I that. I like prospect. to think he doesn't read unless his own name's in the text. Oh god! I've just seen. I've just seen someone just like through like searching for that Vince McMahon mustache picture. Someone just took one of the stills of of Johnny Depp's uh, appearance in Murder on the Orient Express and said Vince McMahon, circa twenty twenty three. Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It kind of does. Anyway, uh, where were we? What were we doing? <laughs> oh, piss belt. Piss belt. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, thing. Did we expect anything less from a company who's been whose whose title design has been nothing but corporate, corporate, corporate? <laughs> you you just think, right? There's got to be a point where they're like, all right, I think they get the message. 
then again, WWE is anything but a subtle organization. Which title belt or which, which title can we give to some company or sports team or sports person this time around? That way we can have our big fat WWE logo blazoned over a Super Bowl winner or a flipping Olympic gold medalist or John oh, Stewart again. <laughs> With the with the way with the way things are planning on going, it could be the Denver Nuggets, and the idea of seeing Nikola Jokic with a WWE belt scares me. Easy, <laughs> I, I mean, folks, where's the lie? Yep, yep. <laughs> to be fair, if, I reckon if Vince McMahon saw Nikola Jokic, he'd probably try and sign him to a developmental contract. Don't but, don't throw that idea into the ether, Dan, please. Now, uh, Jokic is having too much fun just dropping like 45, 12, and 14. It's okay. Oh, my. <laughs> anyway, though, we're done with the news. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Let's quickly mosey on over to the saloon at Recommendation Corner and visit, uh, and visit old Reardon for what he's got this week. What have you got for us, partner? Guys, how do you feel about just the most ridiculous saxophone playing in history? In fucking credible. You know that's right up my alley, don't you, Reader? Oh God, do I have a recommendation for you? My recommendation, the re- recommendation, recommendation is the band Too Many Zoos. That's zoos with a Z at the end. Hmm. I got nothing to say other than they are incredible. Absolutely, <laughs> like the most ridiculous saxophone playing I have ever seen, and brass in general they're a three-piece brass band they're just nuts i don't know what else to say them one of the um the saxophone player he was in the proms and absolutely killed it (laughs) murdered it dead i i need this is one of those ones where i can't like i cannot recommend just typing them up in google just google them and you will not regret it i swear to god yeah. too many zoos are so good <laughs> i mean you did hype it up to us before you recorded as well and i was like oh my god this 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 is incredible yeah because i really needed you to understand where i was coming from here <laughs> with these guys oh gosh yeah I, I very good recommendation this week, Reardon. Dan, do you have something for us this week as well? I do have some quick recommendations. Um, obviously, it is Pride Month. Woo. So let's give a shout out to some really cool um, queer musicians. Number one, Janelle Monet. More people need to know about her. If you don't already know about her, get to knowing now. Janelle Monet is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Ollie Alexander's Years and Years, um, incredible. Yeah. If you do get the chance to see them live, go see them because they're a lot of fun. Uh, and then Sophie's Oil of the Pearls, Every Uninside. Um, it is an incredible piece um, of art. Um, probably one of, one of, if not the seminal piece of hyperpop. Uh, and anyone that gives you shit because you like it, and they mention fucking Fantano, mention the fact it's a great fucking album anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. With that then, gentlemen, it is time to get on to our main portion of the episode. The art of the cowboy. Now, as I said last week, 
We were expected to have Dino here. Unfortunately, he has been held up. So hopefully, if he does appear, hopefully he'll be able to pop in right near the end. So hopefully we'll be able to have Dino here in some capacity. But if not, apologies to anyone listening who is expecting Dino. We will have him on soon enough again. I promise you that. Anyway, let us get on with the main portion of this episode with my opening question to you two chaps. <laughs> get it, chaps? <laughs> what? image conjures up in your head when you think of cowboys in pro wrestling yes just a lot of hats frankly a lot of hats yeah you gotta have the hat uh, mine is always wrestling in jeans oh yeah cowboys always wrestled in jeans yep yeah, and boots cowboy boots as well or rejigged cowboy boots that were fitted with wrestling shoes at the bottom. So yeah. they're kind of like this Frankenstein wrestling boot cowboy boot that most that some of them would wear. <laughs> I mean, you got to make things comfortable for yourselves. I can't imagine cowboy boots are particularly comfortable. I can't imagine they are great to wrestle in. I really they can't couldn't. be. They can't be. There's no. There's no stretchiness. They're just hard boots. <laughs> Exact no 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 exactly. I'm trying to take a bump in cowboy boots must be next to impossible. Jesus Christ, I would not want to do that. <laughs> oh god, try to try and go around the ring and try and do like a uh, like a leapfrog uh, float over spot in cowboy boots. <laughs> Don't want to think about it. No. Um, nope. So yeah, let's. I mean, it's it's a tale as old as wrestling. With pro wrestling, there's always been the cowboy within it and basically because i'd say they go hand in hand with one another since the creation and the of professional wrestling because it's a very it is a very american thing isn't it having a cowboy with the cowboy and especially in professional wrestling well i think it's one of those things where i don't, cause I don't know how i don't know how we want to think about it or what terms we want to think about it in because I high level or very low level? <laughs> Do you want high level? Go on, go high level. Okay, high level. Um, wrestling is deeply entrenched into American uh, popular, or I will say folk Americana. Mm. And the almost the essential folk Americana character is the cowboy. Yeah. And I believe that in many ways the cowboy is analogous to the European knight. Yeah. In terms of their position within popular folklore. Yep, absolutely. I.e. they are seen as being some kind of inherently honourable and noble... I'm going to say being. Does, do you know what I mean when I use being as a person... Yeah, like no, the entity of the cowboy, the idea of the cowboy is like inherently noble. Yeah, it's what? very like it's like every man can be a cowboy, but like 
through being noble and commanding your yeah, control. It is. It is the the cowboy is the is the epitome of um of the American con of the American concept of masculinity. It's true. Yeah, effectively. Very true. Do you think? Cause it was that leads kind of very nicely into the next question. Before I go over some names and we kind of discuss like the names within wrestling, do you think that's why in all forms of kind of entertainment? The cowboy has endured the most in professional wrestling because of that. Yeah, it's a very cowboys are very like they're quite they're actually also shockingly malleable. There's yes. a lot of ways to be well, that's, a that's, cowboy. That's the thing you can like project whatever you want onto being a cowboy. <laughs> very true. Very true. Because like I, if you think if you think about like. What I think for most people's modern reference of what the cowboy is, and there's Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, they are. They are both John Marston inherently noble, like heroes of the people, savior. <laughs> like I do my bit to contribute and you know help out the common person as equally as they are any of the antagonists who like. Ah yes, I am simply a prop for the American system. Although again, most people don't want to engage with that complicated aspect. <laughs> true, true. We are not we are not the experts who who are gonna be sitting down talking about that anytime soon. <laughs> I am not qualified to talk about the concept of the cowboy the contribution of cowboy culture to the progress of manifest destiny. Um but like you know, I like in either way they can be noble heroes or they can be the villains in a story. It just depends on which way you position them. Exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, I think just because they're a very popular folk character, they will always come back to being relevant. And also, they're instantly recognizable. Everyone knows what a cowboy looks like. Mm. I guess in that sense, I guess it, I can understand why there's been such a deluge of cowboy gimmicks, mostly because it's pretty easy to kind of get yourself into that character mindset. I imagine especially for, like, a North American, it might it's very easy to get into that mindset of being a cowboy. Hmm. Like, everyone, everyone in America knows how to be a cowboy. Hell, everyone in the world, thanks to you know, cultural hegemony knows how to be a cowboy. <laughs> like, it's... And also, like, it's very easy to feel like, you know, it's that classic, why why do why do musicians always, like, mention the concept of the Rolling Stone? It does a really kind of, like... If you look at, like, a wrestler, wrestler's, like, lifestyle, it is very cowboy, going from place to place doing this and then leaving without a trace and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, it's really... You know, actually, there's one thing, actually, that kind of surprises me. You, like... I mean, I mean, no, not even surprised. I mean, technically, Stone Cold Steve Austin, tech, you could count him as a cowboy, technically. An outlaw, or at least, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, without the hat, but if you... Wait, wait, wait Stone Cold wore hats sometimes, didn't he? Did he? Caps. Did he? He wore caps. <laughs> Yeah, he wore caps, but did he ever wear like a cowboy hat? No, or is that like just a segment or something? Or, or is yeah, or he is might that have just worn be... Jim Ross's hat? 
Yeah, I believe that. God, but look, like... it's like what, what you said about it being like a popular folk character. I'm sure every person had a pair of jeans, yep. and they probably had a family member that had a cowboy hat. So it's not even like gimmick-wise. Just buy a cowboy hat, which I'm sure in America is very easy. I'm not saying that I've got two wide brim hats in my in my in my wardrobe right now. So <laughs> yeah, but like you buy the hat, you buy the jeans, you buy yeah, the, the boots. boots more, the boots are probably more complicated, but probably not difficult to get. And they and they're boom, you're a cowboy. Ye, as they say, ha. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, let's go over some of the most enduring names then that have been like that have been synonymous with the cowboy in professional wrestling. And I'm gonna just start out. Let's just get it over and done with. Let's start with the Funks, the yep. quintessential cowboys from the Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. Dory Jr. and Terry the Funks. You cannot get any more cowboy than than the Funk family. <laughs> but then, but then you see exactly where the crossover lies. Exactly. Because what are because what are the Funks if not a family of what I'm gonna say? Not definitely not upper class Texans <laughs> that come that come from rural, broadly rural Texas. Yeah, the blue collar, the blue. I'm guessing it's the quintessential blue collar worker. Yeah, making making a living, going from city to city, making ends meet. They are the they are the quintessential cowboys of professional wrestling. Is the fuck? Yeah. And don't worry, we're not going to go over Terry's career one more time. We've already done that in a previous episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like. <laughs> In, in many ways, they they represent both aspects of it because then equally, the Funks were known for being, in you know, in, in wrestling terms, incredibly violent and like, frankly, a bit strange in that sense. Just like a cow. <laughs> but like, but like in in a similar sense, I think you could apply that logic to cowboys. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, most of them probably would say, "You son of a bitch, come here, lull of my eye." <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to. I think I think there's something that's very. I mean, I think there's obviously something that's very relatable about it, but I think there's also something that's very visceral about it. What that exactly is, I'm not entirely sure. But there is some. There is something about it which I think has this enduring connection with a lot of people. Do you think that's why he got that Terry later on in his career when he was middle aged and crazy, just got so more over for doing more violent stuff? Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, if it wasn't that, then I definitely think it was him setting his like double cross brand on fire and trying to brand other wrestlers with it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people say he was middle aged and crazy. I mean, no, Terry Funk was just crazy in general. I think, yeah. in, I think, I think like even in wrestling terms, he was broadly middling. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, yeah. In normal society terms, he would probably seem like some crazy sixty-year-old. But in wrestling terms, it's like ah, he's just doing his thing. 
So, Mr. Funk, how old are you? I'm 21 years old, son. <laughs> I've still got my bad hip from when I from when I was just in the womb with my mama. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> but, it, but this is the thing, though. I, I, you know, he went around. He did. He did his thing. Um, he was in Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah. And what and what is Terry Funk if not now a folk hero of wrestling? Dang, now when you put it like that, Dan. I I now want to. You know, I do feel like. Oh wait, no, because they already did do that. I was about to say there should be more. I want to hear more more country folk songs about wrestlers. I oh. want to hear more. Like, like, I, wh- where is our, where is our the ballad of Stone Cold? Where is it? Would you, underst- would you guys understand what I mean when I say I think that the the American representation of the cowboy is very analogous to the Japanese representation of the Ronin? Yes. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That is like that. Like, there's a reason. There's a reason that there's a reason that samurai and Ronin movies get re- whenever they got remade, they yeah, the got turned films. into cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's this this it's this distinctly enduring character. Yeah, it's just like, which kind of begs the question: why haven't why haven't we seen why haven't we seen a medieval knight? Why haven't we seen some well, okay, McIntyre? Technically, Drew McIntyre around a giant claymore. <laughs> yeah, the thing is though is I think that the like while I while I appreciate the idea of the medieval knight. I think that's more a thing which has become like the knight as a character is associated to values. Yes. Because I can't like, see anyone so, making if, an entrance in full plate armor, can you? But like, you, mm. you, would you understand what I mean if I yeah, said if someone you. came out dressed as a member of the Free Musketeers, we would laugh. Bro, bro. I mean, so I would. Like, I mean, like, but like, if they, but like, if they would, if they were just your normal standard American wrestling white meat baby face. We wouldn't question it. Yeah. Even though they're inherently the same. <laughs> yeah. Well I'm saying because, yeah, we can we can we can mention that. Um the concept of being babyface in wrestling is entirely attached to cultural values. Yeah, absolutely. The cult, the 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 values are the values are represented, which is why you can see some weird shit when you go to it. Yep. Don't you just, man. Um, let's go over another family in the world of wrestling, the Rhodes family. Dusty, see, and this is the, this is the thing where we talk about like the the popular folk hero. Yeah. Because, like, obviously, what is co? What, what? Sorry, what is Dusty Rhodes' most infamous line from promos? Hard times, daddy. Yeah, there you go. Right, see, hard times. Son of a plumber and all that. Yes. Son of a plumber and all that. I mean, again, the American dream. Literally called the American dream. <laughs> Every can we be more on the nose? <laughs> yeah, I would. I dare say that Dustin was more on the nose as a cowboy than his father was. He was, 
but then I would argue that like Dusty didn't need to be Dusty was just basically Americana rolled up into one. Yes. Yes. Yep. Now when I say with Dustin, I'm definitely talking more of the natural Dustin Rhodes and not gold dust. <laughs> I mean Ah yes. I mean, I mean voted cowboy gold dust. <laughs> I mean he's like it's a cowboy but not the but probably in like Village people era cowboy. I would have loved to have seen Dustin Rhodes as Goldust be the rhinestone cowboy. That would have been so hype. I don't even care. That, that would have been, been good. so good. That would have been so cool. Basically, he would have been the proto Orville Peck. Basically, is what I'm saying. Dustin Goldust would have been like. Yep. Yep. Shouts to if Orville I, Peck, by the if way. I, if, I, if only it could have survived to see the day. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Alright then, let's talk about probably one of the most famous, probably the one most people that are casual fans, especially within, that grew up in the golden age, would probably know best. Bob Orton Jr. A.K.A. Cowboy Bob Orton, it's in the name. In the name. The man who was famous as, as our, all cowboys are famous for, the arm cast. <laughs> I mean... What can I say? Hard, hard days work out on the range ending up with a broken arm. All I'm saying yeah. is, for all of the people we talk about, I think Bob Orton had the voice of a cowboy. Yes. Because it was just so low in the reg like in the register and gruffly gruff and rumbly. It's like, yeah, that guy's a cowboy. <laughs> I can't go any lower. Because of my voice. <laughs> that is basically what it was. <laughs> well, you gotta have that growl that almost sounds like it's come from smoking far too many cigarettes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, well, I mean, what can we talk about Bob Orton? Like, Guy was part of the very first WrestleMania. He was one of the many, many people that opposed Hulk Hogan during that time. Um, son to Randy Orton, of course. Yep. He's tired a viper. Just, and just being one of the most enduring characters of wrestling. He was also in Heroes of Wrestling as well. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, also, but you know, life is life. Life is life. Life has its peaks and valleys. He's not. You wrong. know, and also, Cowboy Bob Orton is such an is such an eighties wrestler name. It really is. Like yeah. Like it is, it is ridiculous how eighties that is. Ah, chaps! I feel like it's time for me to talk. I feel like we haven't brought him up enough, but I feel like the time came soon enough to talk about him. Let us talk about Cowboy Bill Watts. <laughs> All right, former professional wrestler, more famous for his time as a promoter for professional wrestling he ended up booking the mid-south wrestling in 1979 which eventually he would turn into his own uh, attempt at expanding into the national market with the universal wrestling federation eventually he would end up having the pen and the paper for world championship wrestling in 92 and 93 but here's the thing that's been very infamous about bill watts he did not like anything that was new and innovative much to the point that he banned top rope moves and dives to the outside. So, he even to a point made it a rule that you can be disqualified for clotheslining your opponent over the top rope. 
He was see hmm. now he is a cowboy in one of their term the British vernacular way. <laughs> <laughs> Which if you don't know what that means, it means a cowboy in slang in Britain in Britain at least means someone that's a bad job of things. <laughs> Typically scammer. Why? I don't know. Thing is he was Answers a cowboy. I guess he was living the gimmick because he was like a straight up cowboy when he was wrestling. Had a feud with Bruno Sammartino famously. Yeah. He was living it way too much. Although it has been now famously well known, shout outs to the guys, especially over at Rest Things, that bring it up as their kind of gimmick thing, that Bill Watts was a ginormous racist. Yeah. Or other, probably still the, is, the, the, knowing the, 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 the annoying part of the cowboy. Yes. You know, fun. You know, fun fact. Most cowboys, most actual original cowboys, were black. Fun yeah. Fact. Yeah. A lot of people Less don't know fact. that, do they? Most of America was massively fucking racist. <laughs> yeah. 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 Honestly, though. Honestly, though. Thinking about it, someone. I. I want. I want someone to go. To go for the black cowboy and just go pure Django. That will go hard. Dude. Uh, it's not quite the same, but Brian Keith. True, true. Brian Keith has been doing actually an amazing job. He has like a bounty, the bounty hunter gimmick, but he like he's dressed like the man with no name, except with more style. If you ask me, <laughs> I was going to bring up Brian Keith. I'm glad you did, Dan. I'm glad you did. I mean, this this is a whole random aside now, um, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What, what what's our favorite cowboy movie? Oh. Good, the bad, favorite. the ugly. I, you know, it's funny. Like my dad's a big cow, was at least a big cowboy um fan. I haven't watched that many, but I love the good, the bad, and the ugly. I once upon think... a time in the West is a good one, a very good one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I that's been on the list for ages that I need to watch. Once upon a time in the West. I'd say it's between. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna go for a slightly contra- two two ones, and I'm gonna go slightly controversial. Yeah. I'm gonna go for like less controversial. Uh, I really like High Plains Drifter. Yeah. I really like High Plains Drifter. And um, I love the Hateful Eight. I love the Hateful Eight Hateful so Eight much. Is really, it's actually not that bad of cow. Like in terms of cowboy films, Hateful Eight is actually freaking good. It's a really good cowboy. I know people don't like it because it's 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 disgusting and mean and, and extremely mean spirited. Mm-hmm. I love it for the for that exact reason. Yeah, no, you're. It's you're such a it. it's such a mean ass movie, and I love it for that I have, reason. Uh, I have uh, High Noon. Yeah, nice. that was one of my granddad's favorite films, uh, and the 2010 uh, Coen Brothers remake interpretation of True Grit. Actually, yeah, that one. Jeff Bridges was incredible in that film. That was also also great because it means I can watch True Grit and not have to see John Wayne. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Magnificent Seven, the original. Magnificent Seven. Yul Brynner is just... mm, So good in that film. Where where do we stand on Blazing Saddles? Blazing Saddles absolutely counts as a cowboy film and it's a fucking great one. It's... Okay, I love I, the fact. I, I, I need to make sure we're on the same page. I Come love on, the man. fact that you'll see a lot of people say, uh, you certain people that will say, um, 
oh, that film won't be made anymore because it's anti-woke, to which I simply say, what the fuck are you talking about? They, 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 they haven't stopped making those kinds of movies exactly. constantly. Jordan Peele's entire movie career is making horror versions of that movie. It's not exactly. And it's so good. You, you know what? You know what? I'm a count nope as a cowboy movie. I think that normally counts. I would say I'm, that I'm counts. I, I'd say that counts, so I'm, I'm saying nope. So they're still making great cowboy movies today. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going to say nope is a great cowboy movie. Oh, man. Alrighty then, fellas. We've gone for the Rhodes, the Ortons, the Funks, the Blackjacks as well. Very, very famous. And some would dare say infamous tag team for what they were like outside of the ring as well as inside. Name can't be... Name can't be ignored the blackjacks were quite of a good force one of the very first versions of a cowboy in professional wrestling but through the blackjacks of course we have barry windham ah member of the four horsemen world champion again the man who the man who indirectly gave us uh bray wyatt and and bo dallas because of his association of course with mike rotunda (laughs) My favorite cowboy, the fiend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what? Actually, while we're on, I've got to. Are we? Does Does JBL count as a cowboy? J- I'm not sure. Bradshaw counts. I'll I'll tell you what JBL counts as. What? JBL is that modern American man that because he lives slightly outside of a city buys a lifted truck. Yes. And yeah. He wears a cowboy hat to feel better about himself. Yeah, that's fair. I would have thought he would be like the oil magnate in a cowboy film. Yeah. 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 He, cowboy he by way of like dynasty. Yes. He's yeah. The, he's the J.R. Ewing of professional wrestling. <laughs> Honestly, that tracks. It makes sense. It makes the most sense in my mind, anyway. Yeah. Um, I... Go on. Sorry. No, I was just about to say, yeah, I could definitely see him. He was He's the, the fucking oil baron. Yeah. That needs to be taken down. Okay, fellas. It's time that I talk about Stan Hansen. Possibly my Hell one of my favourite yeah. cowboys in all the professional wrestling. Uh, What's to fun say? Fact, fun fact, as I learned, one of the reasons why the cowboy is continually enduring in Japan is purely because of Stan Hansen. Take it, just a big burly bloke with a giant handlebar mustache who likes to wear cowboy hats and throws a cowbell into, uh, around and into the crowd during his matches and then just twats people with a clothesline. What else could you want in wrestling, really? Exactly, exactly. Apologies if you just heard that. That was a big rumble of thunder. <laughs> yeah, we just had some rain hit over by me. No, just, really? no, just Stan Hansen just hit a flipping clothesline on someone. Yeah. Hell just, yeah. Just, just, we need to, I need to murder this man. That's what needs to happen. We need to do it at retrospective on Stan Hansen for sure. I, I, have, oh, I, have, I have a friend who is uh, training to be a wrestler. Uh, and I was like, all right, here you go. Here's a five minute Stan Hansen Lariat compilation. Throw it like that and you should go, be absolutely go fine. Go ahead and learn, my child. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> no, but like, it, I, I, Stan Hansen's awesome. But also, again, is part and parcel of that both combined negative aspect of cowboys 
in which they are seen as ruthlessly violent. Although I believe he's also part of the 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 non-American aspect of the needlessly violent American, of which cowboys are also party to. Yes, this is yes. true. This is true. <laughs> Basically, much like many things in wrestling, cowboys have a complicated legacy. Extremely yeah. complicated. Very, very complicated. Darn. Don't let us take away from the fact that Stan Hansen's fucking awesome. Stan Hansen is fucking awesome. And, and like, the, 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 the cowboy image just fits so perfectly on him, especially because the dude just doesn't look athletic. <laughs> and he chews tobacco on his way to the ring. Like, like he looks, but he like he's one of those people, Wade. He, he, he has what I call farmhand strength. Yes. Oh, yes. He is not athletically built, but that man can hoist. <laughs> it's it's the same. It's the same. It's the same place that built Brock Lesnar. It's yes. the farm boy strength. That's it. No, exactly. Yeah. That is that is literally that is literally the uh, the the origin story of Brock Lesnar's strength because he does he 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 used to do farming, or yeah. maybe he still does farming. I think he still well, does he farming. Does. Actually, he, as far as I'm aware, he still does farming Canada. Um, but of course, he was he was a, he was a child of South Dakota in a in a, in a farm town. So I mean, those yeah. two those two places are close enough, right? Can all the <laughs> Americans back me up on this. Amer- can- the Canadian border in South Dakota. I know I know he does cattle farming. I believe. I That's believe right. so. I believe so. There all I do know is that there is a fantastic image of Brock Lesnar reading a fishing magazine. Though yes. I wish I could find it. Oh, there's, there's that great image as well of oh, that great video of cat of Brock Lesnar. In a butcher shop. <laughs> yes. He's just, learning just how to put a cleaver to slice steak up. I'm just... <laughs> oh, okay. With the so we've talked about some of the like the golden age, some of the peak people that you think about when it comes to cowboys. Let's get a little bit modern with some of the people that we can list off. I'm gonna start, and I do say, and he does come up a lot as a cowboy. It's time to talk about Jeff Jarrett, fellas. Uh, does Jeff Jarrett count as a cow? I've always felt of him more as like a country singer gimmick, exactly. more than a so, more so than a cowboy. Def- he definitely was the majority of the time. He was a country singer. Yes, of which the country singers wanting to inhabit the cowboy aesthetic without any of the cowboy mindset is another complicated discussion. Yeah, and but... looking at you, Hank Williams Jr. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, um, like, like, you know, like, I can't, like, I love Dolly Parton because I have sense, but I wouldn't count Dolly Parton as a cowboy, you know what I mean? But I will say okay. this, well, like, everyone we talk about, I think Jeff Jarrett had the best song for a cowboy. I spend my days working hard on the go. <laughs> I'm not going to sing with my baby tonight all the way through. <laughs> I mean, look, right, like, obviously, the country singer, everything with the hat. It's it it's it's inhabiting cowboy imagery. Is is this man like like again, if 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 we're talking cowboy, he's he's sanitized cowboy. He is modern he is con- modern country cowboy. Marty Robbins, this man is not. Here's the thing. Mm. I feel like for his time, the only contemporary that he had in terms of who was a cowboy was the smoking guns. Yeah. 
Billy and Bart, the smoking guns. But even then, though, I would argue they still did it better than him. Yeah, this is true, because they came out with six shooters and fired them off in the air. They came out on horses, for crying out loud. Yeah. Billy, could you, that's so funny. Billy Gunn's career trajectory from being a cowboy to now being daddy ass. Such is the nature of wrestling. <laughs> Things have evolved, I, old I, man. I, the future is now. No, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know. However, you could. You. I mean, you could argue that you know he's gone. He's gone like full cowboy. Maybe he has regained the cowboy by saying "daddy ass." I don't know. You maybe, don't know. Maybe. Maybe he was inspired by Lil Nas and Old Town Road. Maybe. 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 Maybe even Orville Peck. Exactly. I'm glad no one's brought up a certain film, thank God, because that's low-hanging fruit. That's no. very low-hanging. I was tempted, but I'm like, no, nah, we're better than that. <laughs> to a certain extent. No. <laughs> to a certain extent. Great movie, though. Great movie. Um, right, Modern Cowboys. One I definitely have to bring up in terms of a guy who's done it well, and I'd say from the turn of the century, he's been one of the better cowboys. Cowboy James Storm. Yeah. The, the, I mean, I always, I always like James Storm with the hat and the trench coat. The the whiskey sipping Johnny Cash listening James Storm. I've always again, I think Storm's done it, but he's been very subtle about it. Basically, he's not been like um like um I, I like the quintessential I'm a cowboy lost in time. He's just made it himself and just morphed the cowboy tendencies into it. I mean, the start of his career, he was very much. The, the the gimmick lost in time. He came out with the duster, the cowboy hat, and he came out with two six shooters and shot them in the air as he entered the ring. But now, like Storm, ever since kind of feel like America's Most Wanted, then he eventually moved into beer money. Um, that morphed into kind of more of his sort of his personality more than it yeah. was the the cowboy itself. Yeah, and that's the thing. You you we start getting the cowboy as an idea. Rather yes. than the character, and then of course, but of course, I mean, another interesting one is our old buddy, the Undertaker, Undead it's Cowboy true. Wizard, Undead Cowboy Wizard. I mean, especially in his second run as 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 the Dead Man, it was so much more cowboy than it was the first time around. Very, yeah, it really got very cowboyish, especially at the end where they talk about him being a gunslinger. The last outlaw. They, yeah, they'd always they took all. There is a lot of of imagery with that. I mean, and also he, and also they once played Johnny Cash over him. down. All right, fellas, you are going to call me mad for this, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up a modern day cowboy and quite possibly one of the most agile and speedy cowboys in Jimmy Wang Yang. Hell yeah, Jimmy Wang Yang. Let's go. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing, fellas. I've always been a big fan of Jimmy Yang. Yeah. Ever since he was in WCW, when he came over to be, I think it was a Keo, when he was part of the Yakuza with Tajiri. Remember that, that part of his thing. career? I tried to he, cut Val Venus's penis off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, his time in All Japan, when he had that great rivalry with Keiji Muto. But I think... I dare say he may have hit his career peak with Jimmy Wang Yang, you know. It it sounds so buggy when when we're there when I when I'm there and say to people, yeah, you know Jimmy Wang Yang had a heater of a series with Keiji Muto in all Japan. 
but as Jimmy Wang, not as Jimmy Wang, yeah. Yeah, but like, it's like I, I tell people that, and they think I'm lying. I'm like, I'm actually not, though. The thing people don't remember is that Jimmy Wang Yang's original name was Jimmy Wayne Yang. But Vince thought it'd be funnier if they called him Wang Yang. I mean, like, obviously there's a lot to it. And obviously, like, as that character, he didn't exactly do much. But I still love them as a wrestler. Yeah. I still thought it was fun. I mean, here's the thing. It's endured so much for Jimmy that he still uses that. He still uses Jimmy Wang Yang. Yeah. And like I said, it ties it ties into this very um this very Asian American thing of the fascination with the cowboy. Yes. Yeah, that is I mean, that is a weird one. Yeah. They do they they do like, love it. They do and, love and, it. And I say that both in terms of from from his aspect as as an Asian American, but also from Americans projected onto Asian Americans. Mm. I mean, there's a reason like, why I don't Terry know Funk... why, I don't know why there's a big fascination like American TV shows for Asian characters to be into cowboys. I mean, there's a reason why Terry Funk released his album exclusively in Japan and not the rest of the world. <laughs> Yeah. There's also and hell, I mean hell, and they keep it like you know there was a there was a Japanese remake of Unforgiven, right? Mm. But but and I I've never seen it. Always wanted to watch it because it looked hype as hell. God, just you just reminded me of Sukiyaki Western Django, the the Takeshi Miike film. Yeah. So there's it's just there. I don't know what, but it's like very specifically they go for like no 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 cowboy. We're going for it. <clears throat> Although I think with Unforgive, I need to check this actually because I need to remember. <laughs> but yeah, there's a very interesting little cross with that. Yeah. That that I I wish we had. I, now I wish we had like a. I wish we had an Asian guest on the show to tell us about that because I. I'm, I'm, yeah. That'd be. I'm really. I'm really interested. I was gonna say about Jimmy Yang. Who? What's? Which is the much more enduring? Uh, Jimmy the Flying Elvis or Jimmy Wang Yang? Ooh, I think Jimmy Wang Yang, I'd say. Just because it's fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's just he has, so fun to say. He has his party truck business now that he has, and it's uh, and, yeah, and it's he goes around in a cowboy boy. hat with that. <laughs> See, we understand the assignment of that, and what's really cool about what's... like, I really enjoy the fact that Jimmy's uh, still going and still doing his own thing, and now basically he's been able to have his his daughter like carry on his legacy and it's so cool to see that mm-hmm. it's just nice to see jimmy still doing his thing and actually enjoying it no absolutely and like i said it's just enduring it's I nice think, to I think, see. I think it's, I think it's one of the many proofs that the, the the cowboy thing can still work and also that the cowboy gimmick can be fun speaking of which i guess we'll end this little bit with hangman adam page See, now this is where I think the cowboy gimmick reaches its modern zenith. Yes. Because this is entirely the cowboy as a concept. And people are going to hate me because I'm going to sound like I'm going to get really high level with this. (laughs) But 
when I said all this stuff about like what the cowboy is perceived to be within American media and American pop culture and I'm gonna say folklore mm. is essentially what Hangman Adam Page is. Yeah. Because they do like and I will say one of my favorite entries, quite possibly of all time at this point. The um the you don't need a hat to be a cowboy. Yes. Which is fucking incredible. I would say that joint first would be the yeah, would be that entrance and him coming out to Ghost Riders in the Sky at Revolution this year. But it, it, it reaches a point where we've superseded beyond because originally like a like a, people that weren't aware. Originally he literally just was like a cowboy. <laughs> He had the and hangman because he, he used to come out with the rope. Yeah, and he lived up to his name of the hangman because he would pull the noose on his opponents after beating them and throw them over the top rope. <laughs> he was the hangman. <laughs> but then we kind of like with AEW and with his character progression, which I again I still think is awesome. We loop back round to this idea of, like, who is Hangman as a person. Yes. And we get into this whole thing about, like, being there to support your friends, supporting your community, being noble, being honest, being true to yourself. And at that that point, we're basically just describing, like, the American envisionment of the cowboy in the Old West. He is the the modern incarnation of the cowboy. (laughs) He really is in every sense. Also, he just has the best hair for a cowboy, if you ask me, and it makes me incredibly freaking jealous. Yeah, you're not wrong. But like, I do, I do find it, you know, interesting how he kind of inhabits this space. Yeah. And how, like. You know, he came to be this embodiment of, like, all that is good and well in this wrestling world. <laughs> and it, 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 it's interesting to see. It's also interesting, and obviously, like, the whole anxious millennial cowboy thing. Yes. I think does resonate for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Whether I was going to say, I feel that that's, I think that's been a really enduring thing of Paige's career and his persona is that that thing of, like, cowboys tend to be a very Americana thing where the fan, where the, your fans tend to be that kind of American fan base. But with Paige, he's been able to kind of supersede that and then some. Not only just make it a more, like, people sympathise him on a global level, but every every community minority I've found, always, we, they all say, Hangman Adam Page is awesome. Well, I think... I think- a lot of it comes down to not necessarily like flipping the script or subverting anything. Mm. I mean, you could you 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 could say that, although I'd argue nothing revolutionary is being done. <laughs> but like the thing of challenging those ideas of those negative aspects mm-hmm. of the cowboy persona, i.e., the thing of like him being like, ah, I am simply drinking to escape my problems. I should probably not do that. Yes. <laughs> and like the thing of 
not being afraid to express your emotions and not being afraid to ask for help challenge a very core part of the what i'm gonna say the cowboy aesthetic that is wrongly admired yeah because like we said like there's lots of people that admire the very cow the the cowboy idea but i think they take the wrong lessons from it i agree with you on that and hangman represents a very rounded approach to well a very rounded and very modern approach to what the cowboy is and what the cowboy represents Mm. i agree i agree on that one i think yeah it's no more than I can say or throw heap of praise at Adam Page for. Um, one of the most enduring, endearing characters I think AEW has had in its short history. That's for damn sure. Um, the the whole storyline with Kenny was was incredible. I don't think it's going to be seldom rare that you find a story that was so well built and 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 crescendoed in such a perfect way. Of course, you know, the whole situation involving CM Punk was a was a very weird time for, for everyone involved in that thing. For me, if you ask me, again, when it comes to that promo uh, that he had, it's really weird because it's like he didn't say anything outwardly <laughs> offensive or anything that was a massive dig. If anything, Eddie Kingston said worse to Punk in, that, in his rivalry beforehand. Strange, weird. Pages, I, I, but now Page is really now in this back kind of. A lot of people were doubting him as a main eventer after he lost the title, but I think this year he's really has shown that he actually no, he does deserve to be in that main event position. I think that rivalry with Moxley has been so is done so well for him. Um, and establishing his kind of right as a main eventer. And it's crazy that we've got a main like a, a main eventer who's a cowboy in in the year twenty twenty three. Well, I think it's like I think that's the thing though. When I say what I say about it, is it's such an enduring character mm. that I think like you know even well into the future we will still have cowboy wrestlers. I think you, I think you're right. You know. Because we, we, I mean, we talk about Jeff Jarrett when he did his GCW appearance. He was the last outlaw. Yeah, <laughs> he came out in a cow in all in all black with a cowboy hat and a duster. Yep. And then Effie took the cowboy hat and that one broke. <laughs> it's true, but I think I think it is a thing that will that will last. Yeah. Not just in American culture, but. I assume also kind of consequentially through Japanese culture as well. I would imagine. It does feel I would like imagine a very so. Of, of Americanness there, depending on how long that Americanness lasts. But I think I figure as long as Japanese people love baseball, then Americana will survive. <laughs> this is true. This is but true. Even even then, though, like shout out Hanshin Tigers. The the cowboy still persists in Mexican wrestling. It does. This is true. Obviously, like less on the nose, but people like Bandido. Yeah. Um. Roosh, kind of. Roosh, yeah. El Toro Blanco, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's plenty before that have embraced cowboy. Or if I remember right, the Spanish term is vaquero. Yeah. Um, ideas and identities and. And even aspects of Mexican culture, like um, 
sombrero and stuff like that come from that come from that world exactly exactly basically when are we you saying that i guess i guess the thing we got to say is when is the spaghetti western rivalry between adam page and bandido happening I would I would love it if we get a full on cowboy story in wrestling. I would like legit. I would actually love to see a highly stylized cowboy rivalry between. Do you know what would be really cool? Run with me on this. It can't work in concept now because of the existence of Collision. Yeah, <laughs> and everything that's happened. Hangman Adam Page plus the Elite versus Roosh plus others with the final with the finale coming down to a standoff between Hangman and Roosh. So you basically say like Elite La Fashion and Gobernable, but the finale would be Roosh versus Hangman Adam Page in a in, in a highly stylized Mexican standoff. Kind of. Except I would make the phenom- and hear hear me out on this because we're going cowboy. I'm going to use the cowboy gimmick match. We're going to use the strap match. Ooh! Oh, it's a strap match. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's something that could work. I reckon it could. That or a Texas Death match. I mean, I feel like again, there's there's lots of. I mean, like when 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 we think when we think of the cowboy story. The thing, the thing I always think of is either someone going after someone who has been who has been evil, or someone whose honor and integrity has been questioned. Those feel like the two quintessential cowboy stories to me. Exactly. Hence why I love Brian Keith so much as well. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there are any other major cowboy stories. Not really. I mean. Once you get into that, it's just you know the the cowboys do wrestling shit. So yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. It's not a lot. Of, I mean, it's not a lot. Of... Even with that, with Hangman, we kind of had the lone cowboy story. True. Mm -hmm. The lone cowboy that learns how to find community. I'm just thinking. Now you've gone that. You've done that. I would love to see a moment if it was Roosh at Hangman Adam Page. It gets woven into MJF, and then we suddenly get the ten-minute standoff set to Ecstasy of Gold with Hangman, Roosh, and MJF all staring at. Just any Morricone just in the background go. God bless you, Morricone. God bless you. Nothing but hits. Yeah. Nothing but it. The man goddamn. don't miss. <laughs> the man did not miss at all. Oh, but man, yeah. I mean, as we wrap up here, I guess it's like as you quite uh, rightly said there, Dan, and I'll bring it up again. Do you think Cowboys will endure? Do you think they will still last as we keep going through, keep going forward in professional wrestling? Cause I, as Dan said, I think they will. I think they will. It's such, it's such a malleable archetype that. The cowboy will live on, and I'm glad. I'm glad, you know. It's kind of I don't think about them too often, but I'm glad they're around. <laughs> I I I think it's one of those things. It it is it is in many ways the the country's archetypal character. Because mm -hmm. I think I think if you think about it in 
in I think in certain terms, like the the UK has two standard characters. Yeah. The lovable rogue mm-hmm. and the rich person in power. Those are the two fund I feel are the two fundamental characters in British folklore. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking like your Robin Hoods and stuff. Mm. The only other real kind of archetypal character we have is the Monster Slayer, so for some reason proto-British people were fucking massive on that. They're like, fucking yeah, they killed everything. Slay dragons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> such in the same way that I think, like, for for Japan, Japan has the kind of the the the, the character archetypes of, like, the noble, the noble warrior and the the one who stops at no cost. Exactly. I mean, just fucking watch a Kurosawa film. Exactly. That, that, that gives you ninety nine percent of what you need to know. <laughs> and in and in that same sense, I think that the, the cowboy represents a fundamental part of that American folk character. Mm-hmm. That kind of lives on through the American mindset and American culture. Yeah. I don't necessarily know what the evil American archetype is. I guess capitalism, but... <laughs> <laughs> the former president is basically the antithesis. Like, in my mind, the archetypal evil American character is the is the one that sells out. Yeah, I guess you could... I, well, no, the, the former president! <laughs> Because in, 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 in my in my mind, in my mind, American American negative folk characters always revolve around money. With I guess the exception of like Benedict Arnold. It's, this is true. This is true. Dang. When you put it like anyway, that. Anyway, the cowboy the cowboy represents something fundamentally American. As such, we'll probably will never leave wrestling because wrestling is fundamentally drawn from. American pop culture folklore Americana. Basically, it all ends in a few years' time. We'll get the quintessential rivalry of cowboy versus samurai. Yeah, pretty much. Give it time. Forbidden door. Bang. Sorted. Hangman Adam Page versus Katsuyori Shibata. <laughs> that's that's it. That's <laughs> literally it. <laughs> look, look. F- foreign man literally too angry to die (laughs) (laughs) book it tony all right then for that i think that's where we're going to end today's episode it's been a really interesting thought i've really enjoyed this as well because it's like something that you in the back of your mind you think about and you think oh yeah there's been a few cowboys in but to really sit and think about it and just go over it and talk about it talk about some of the names i've enjoyed this episode if you ask me oh yeah it's actually there's actually a lot to talk about how about that I didn't think there'd be much to talk about with cowboys, but there is. <laughs> ah, man, don't doubt me, Reardon. Don't doubt me. Let's do not doubt. I doubted our long-windedness. <laughs> <laughs> My literary analysis comes in useful occasionally. <laughs> somewhat. Occasionally. Yes, yeah, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. All righty, then. 
that is all for us on this episode. Next episode, fingers crossed, hopefully touch wood, we'll have, for the very first time, we actually have a female guest. Can you believe it, be fellas? We actually have a female guest. I can't believe it. Yeah, like 140-odd episodes in. And we've, oh, oh, this has only just happened. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but hopefully we will be joined by uh, wrestling fan and online creator Willow Raven as we do a retrospective on China. Hell yeah. Going to be a one with ups and a lot of downs and a lot of ups as well but that is all for the next episode until then i have been sam this has been dan and reardon unfortunately no dino we will get him here next time i promise and this has been the sweet chin round podcast we will see you as always on the next one bye everybody bye bye